1: Man, Grice coming in right on time. <laughs> we we are live, and Grice is literally just coming
2: into the room. How you doing? If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: <laughs> I'm great, man. Hey, you know, another week. Big week of football this past weekend. Hopefully, uh, you know, I get to join the party sometime soon.
1: All right, let's get going. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Gary, right at the top, we got some good news. Uh just hired a new play to replace Sue Duran. Sue Duran had been with the system, I think about 15 years. She retired this year. Uh Erica Turner um, was a basketball coach, independence of Milo Creek, she led it to the final four. You know her well, Gary, your thoughts here. Uh yeah, that's an
4: excellent selection, uh, in my opinion. It's someone who came up through the ranks mainly in CMS. Uh, she was a college basketball player herself. Uh, started at Independence as a head coach. Um, then she went to Mallet Creek when it opened, and she was the first women's head coach over there. Uh, she, after she left there, she got into administration. Uh, she's also been an AD, I think, uh, assistant principal, a principal, um, most recently at Rocky River. Um, so she knows the lay of the land from all steps in the process, from being an assistant coach, a head coach, a former player, an AD, an administrator. Uh, she checks all the boxes. Um, very knowledgeable about all sports. Um, and I'm very happy. I think CMS did an awesome job in, in picking Erica Turner as this uh, new system athletic director. I think she will do a great job.
1: She's the first uh, African-American athletic director they've also had there as well. So that's uh, she's a history maker. And she's also the third female in a role they've hired after uh, Vicky Hamilton and Sue Duran. All right, guys, I wanted to ask you what you saw last week. And here we go. Chris Hughes. Grimmsley beat Clayton, a really good Clayton team, 56 to nothing last week. Grice is shaking his head. Does Chambers have company atop the four-eight glass? I think they do, but I'm going to say not quite yet in terms of just
5: – a team that's ready to knock them off today, but they're they're this close. They're really close. Obviously, you know we we see an incredible performance by Alonzo Barnett. Uh, the way he's able to distribute the ball, move around with the feet. Grimsley is a top tier team with a top tier coach, and they're only going to get better as they gain confidence. Remember, they're a state champions. So they're really close, Langston. Uh, But I, I don't know if I'm going to put them right there with Chambers. Uh,
3: but they're they're not far away. Grace, what do you think? I mean, you know, we're talking about a state championship team here. I I think absolutely they're in the discussion. Um, One big thing there is a big play of Alonzo Barnett. Um, You know, early in the clubhouse, I mean, you know, he's a guy that you've got to look at in our Mr. Football rankings up top, and we'll talk about that later. But you see on the offensive side, they have the superstar. On the defensive side, amongst other guys, you have the big guy who just committed to Carolina and Travis Shaw. You're starting to see that with great quarterback play and a
1: dominant defensive line. This team is for real. All right. Um, well, speaking of teams that the for real, we got a four time state champion in Charlotte, Charlotte Catholics moving up to 4A. They got a big win this week. Uh, Tommy Heffling had two picks to uh, lead the win. And Gryce, I want to get your thoughts on that. But let's hear from my Mr. Hoffling first.
6: Uh, well, yeah, I did. Uh, we had the right defense called, and I was put in the right position, so I was able to make the play.
7: And on the first one, there was another big play, wasn't
6: it? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, they rolled out, and I was also in the right position then because of coaching and where everyone else was, so I was able to make the play. Here's
7: yep. your, your defense did a, a really strong job, especially in the first half, all through the game really. Because um, you had that second half series you stopped too. Uh, is, that, is that the kind of defense Catholic fans can expect this year?
6: Uh, yes, sir. I think we played great, especially in the second half after that two-hour delay. We came out as a team and we held it only six points, even though they had a lot of yards.
7: Mm-hmm. It's about the experience, and he's got to give these kids in this beautiful venue, now that we were the first football team to play in it since they put all that money into it, it's always a great place. It's a great place for the fans. Uh Charlotte's done a great job uh, doing that, and uh, uh, you know the rain kind of, you know, with the weather and the heat and everything. I thought both teams played extremely hard. It's one of those games, like mean, Joe and I said, yeah, we both just played hard. It's a tough loss. I mean, I have a great respect for them. Down, there, Joe has turned that program around. I knew it was going to be a tough game. I, you know, I knew this was going to be a game that uh, this is one of these games that kind of make or break. The beginning of your season because you build so much momentum because that's a good football team. Tommy Hopefully made two big interceptions right there. We got we lost a lot on defense. This year the offense was coming back a lot with the experience even though they played a lot of sophomores. Now they're just juniors and we don't have that many seniors. So a lot of the seniors that are playing on defense did not play that much. They were backups last year. So they're way by their time and they made some really big plays. Tommy started last year for us and, and made some good plays. We had some good pressure on that. We have like we have a really truly a no name defense. I mean we lose like the, the Connor Daltrey and 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 Liam Barbee was one of the best linebackers ever coached, and, and replaced him. It's 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 hard to replace those guys in a quick season like that, yeah, in a quick turnaround they were doing. But these kids, they fought. I said, like I told the guys, I've never been more proud of a football team, and I've not been in a lot of championships, a lot of different things with Coach Odo. That was just a gutty Charlotte Catholic performance, and that was that's what we call a Charlotte Catholic drive right there. I think it was close 19 to 20 plays the whole almost the whole second half, just grinding, punching in the mouth, guys making plays, and and this weather, you know, tough, toughness right there. So couldn't be more proud
3: of what this team did tonight. Grace, Yeah, Coach Brautowicz does his best Muhammad Ali Robodope impression there. I mean, he continues to talk about what he doesn't have and the things that, you know, he's lacking. But what I saw was gritty red zone defense from a team that knew where to go and where to be. Uh, coach Evans and, and those South Sabers are for real. They played very well. You know, Jacob Newman's, you know, slicing runs of QB Reese, you know, isn't bad, but you could see some of their inexperience when it came time to those, you know, those red zone plays, as you heard with the interceptions. And you kept hearing the kids say, I was where my coach wanted me to be. Catholic and, and that defense and, and Coach Kennedy, Coach Brodowitz, they've been there before. And I think that shined and that tough, gritty nail biting win there.
1: All right, Chris, uh, we saw Roseville, lose the opening game and they were you know considered a state championship favorite is pinecrest better than we thought Is Roseville just getting up to some stuff
5: oh yeah absolutely i think that the the the, the miles of pinecrest after the departure of coach chris metzger uh was completely just fabrication that, you know, so many people thought this Pinecrest team was just going to go away after the incredible run they've been on. I had a chance to watch this game. Um, You want to talk about another Catholic like team, a team that's just always in the right place at the right time, incredibly well coached uh, and, and that's Pinecrest football. Uh, and they were able to contain a really good offensive performance by Byron Brown. Uh, let, let's not let's not take anything away from them. Rollsville played a great game. I just think Pinecrest is really a good-looking team, uh, and and I just think that it was just one of those incredible kind of games. I don't think that you know we can necessarily write uh, Rollsville off yet, although they got a big one this week. But I, I just want to give
1: all the props to Pinecrest all right gary up in raleigh again we had a six-hour football game chambers had a big lead lost it were they just tired because they let got on the bus at one o'clock they ate at 3 30 and they were out playing at 11 had eaten again but they just tired is giving us better well cool. i i i talked
4: to someone that went to the game as well as one of uh chambers coaches and they got off to a slow start uh, because of penalties, and, and they really need to clean that up. Um, some of them were, were justifiable, but but some of them were, were kind of questionable, but we, we won't get into the officiating right now. But um, I think they started to find their groove in the second quarter, and then that's when the delay hit. And when you when you have a situation like that, when you got a team coming in from out of town that far away um you know they've already been on the bus for three hours before the game now you're talking about they're going to wait another three hours after playing and, and that's rough that's a credit to to um, chambers to to extend the lead early in the third quarter but i think it, it should be incumbent upon the host team if, if, if somebody's going to wait it out the host team needs to go in the concession stand, get
1: some food, and feed the visitors. Uh, that yeah, was the. That's a good point. I, w- I want to come back to the, the, the penalties. Coach ferby said that we're just a really physical team, and people are not used to seeing our level of physicality outside our area. What do you think of it? Well, maybe so. They, I mean, they they play
4: hard. Now you know they play hard. There's no question about that. I just think that, you know, I I watched Chambers or last year's Vance. I watched them the last four games. And they had a lot of penalties every game. And some of them are pre-snap penalties. And and some of them are questionable. And and you're going to have some pass interference penalties. And you're going to have a couple of uh, questionable late-hit
8: penalties,
4: you know, because kids are trying to play through the whistle. But the the taunting – um, and the pre-snap penalties—they um, got to work on that in practice. They really need to to work on that. They they had two uh, people that got removed from the game for cussing, and, and they weren't cussing at the officials, and they weren't cussing at the other team. Um, it's just you know some of them, how they talk and the excitement of the game. The officials heard it and they threw them out and. Yeah. So, um, they didn't perfect. do it on the other side. So yeah. they come in with a built-in bias. And sometimes it looks like the officials want to keep the game close. And the way they do it is to just keep throwing a lot of flags.
1: And Every then, time Vance ran game. to the left side, they got holding. Every single time, they come yeah, holding. Yeah, it, it was one guy <laughs> on the Vance bench calling all the penalties. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well in, in Charlotte... Charlotte in, in Charlotte, Huff and Myers Park played Grice. We had a, a really big matchup down at Memorial Stadium. Huff got the W, and our man uh, got the highlights of it. So we're gonna run Zach Perry's highlights right here and get your comments on the backside.
9: I thought we played pretty well, you know, for a first game. Uh, you know, the summer is the summer wasn't a normal summer for us. We had so many kids at camps. So I mean, basically, all of June we didn't, we didn't see any of as our starters. As Part there at camps and stuff. So we got them for a couple weeks in July and. <laughs> we started August 2nd, so, you know, it would be, it, Mars Park's a good football team, yeah. you know, and, and they're going to be right there at the end as well, and, and uh, you know, I thought we but I thought we played well. You know, what I was excited about was some toughness, and I, I wasn't yeah. sure whether we had it or not, so the physicality that that we had up front, and I was really, really excited. The fun my own 30 in that situation, but, you know, it is what it is. We thought we had something, but, um, yeah, you know what, But it, it, and here's the thing, too, is that some of those situations is really good for our, our defense. You know, to be in that situation, to learn to persevere through that, you know, and fight through those situations. Isaiah made a great pick down here in the corner <laughs> on after that fake punt, you know, which I thought was an outstanding play on his part. Um, so, but I, you know, I was just excited about the way we played. it been his best game he's played to date. You know, I think he made a lot of really good decisions. Checked us out of some plays. Uh, the touchdown that we threw down here, to the DT down there, I think he checked us out of a, out of a run play in that one and, and threw that ball. Um, so you know, I thought he did a lot of really really nice things. Still, some things that we got to get better at. But I, I thought he played really really well for the first week. I was uh, I was at home quarantine, so you know it was I didn't know what to, I told them on Wednesday. I didn't know what to expect. Watching practice on film is not the same as being at practice, getting a feel for what we look like and how we're playing and how we're practicing. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I knew we're a good football team. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not downplaying that. We're a good football team, but I didn't know how good we would be going against a quality opponent this early you, know. you know, hey, what a great facility. <coughs> we were talking before the game. I was talking with uh, Griner and and, uh, and some guys, and, and what a great place to hold like a state championship game. You know our regional final game it's it's kind of the perfect size this place would be packed and it would be loud you know i mean we love going to the big stadiums it's fun for the kids and everything but this would this would be such a cool cool environment to if we got to play some later games in the playoffs
3: i thought this game would be a game that would tell us a lot about each team you know we kind of in the build up to the game you know, we discussed that this will be a game of stars, whether they, you know, are, are transferred in at, you know, whatever point and you know, determining whose stars will play the best you look on the Huff side. You see Tad Hudson had a very efficient game in which you know he didn't have a lot of mistakes and really made great decisions with the ball. Xavion Turner Knoxman, a new transfer in from North Mac. We see hey you know Coach Jenkins wasn't there, but what a treat it is what a what a luxury it is to be able to hand the ball off to that kid. He proved instrumental in Huff's decisive drive at the end closing the game out. Myers Park again you know they, they seem to have some holes uh you know within their within their offense made some plays but again there was a key special teams play I think to turn the game and Unfortunately, a, a, a pretty interesting uh, kicking call on a punt that went over the the Huff punter's head that led to Huff being able to kind of close the game out when it appeared Myers Park could take the lead. So it was a wild game, full of intrigue,
1: and one that ended well after midnight. But
10: that's <laughs> a, a <start laughs> yes, <better.
1: laughs> yes, it absolutely did. We had another uh, humdinger up in uh, Weddington. Grice want we'll to get your thoughts on Christian Weddington after we hear from the participants in that one.
3: How good does it
7: feel tonight to lead your team to a, a big win over a very good Charlotte Christian team? feels very good. Um, I have been waiting a long time for this, and I couldn't ask any more from my teammates. We played hard, left it all out there, and came out with the win. This Weddington football program is the best in North Carolina. Our coaches do a wonderful job every year of turning around and, and making a winning team again. So all credit goes to those coaches.
11: Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be a four-quarter battle, uh, you know, but we kind of stressed trying to come out early and and getting getting going fast. And, I mean, we played hard from the get-go. We just, you know, uh, those first games are always tough. You're trying to figure out your identity offensively and, you know, what you can do. So, you know, we played hard for four quarters. Uh, I think we just got to do a better job. And and ultimately, it falls on me of... You know, getting them up for the game early and making sure we got, you know, maybe some good starter plays. So, uh, you know, that's something we got to work on as a staff, but, uh, you know, it's game one and we're going to continue to grow off of it.
2: You know, one of the things that we've tried to do in building what we've built is, you know, we want to challenge our guys early. And, and, you know, when Coach Capone reached out to me, they had an open date. You know, I I was I was all for coming here. Like I wanted to play in this environment Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. our guys and uh, they're young and we're young. You know, we're young and inexperienced and. You know, people always say, how does COVID, you know, what happens? You know, most of the guys that we played tonight didn't have a JV season a year ago. So they not only missed their 10th grade year, um, you know, they're playing varsity football for the first time out here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was good and uh, great high school football game. Um, I thought it was, you know, well coached. The kids played hard on both sides of the ball. So, you know, great environment for us regardless of the outcome right now.
3: This game was a great parallel to the Catholic South Met game.
8: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
3: You know, you have kids that a lot of times are in the Weddington area that may go to Christian. So I thought- With
9: threats to our nation waiting around every corner,
3: was so fitting that this game would be a, a one-score game and tight for four quarters, just as that one was. I think Weddington really, you know, and I think Coach Capone alluded to it, has to find their identity in the post-Shipley era. And I think that's one of those things that how they do this season is going to continue to be based on how soon that they can find that identity. I mean, I thought Christian, again, we, you know, we saw them a lot in the fall with the private schools exclusively playing in the Charlotte area. They continue to show that, hey, you know, even though Providence Day may be picked as a favorite, they're going to be a tough out in that private school sector, and I'm excited to see how they progress. But, again, another kind of, you know, robbery game where the kids know each other and led it to another str- thrilling week one
1: game. yeah some really good games in week one. Uh, Gary, any surprises that you saw? Um.
4: I thought Myers Park would be a little bit better than they showed. It, it, you know, it's still the first game, and they're, they're missing a, a key cog and um, losing their running back, the starting running back from last year, who had a great game for South Mech uh, the other night. Um, expected a little bit more, but all these teams will get better uh, from game one to game two. That's usually when you find your, your biggest improvements between game one and game two. All
1: right. Well, as you guys can see, the faces are changing on the screen. Sam Griner's getting really nervous. I got my man Jimmy Brewer from Charlotte Catholic. He's here to take you down. Why, Sam, you why, do,
12: we keep, why do we keep getting these like brainiacs, man? Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> Jimmy's my guy, man. I coached Jimmy growing up. That's my guy. you in trouble. Jimmy, tell us a little bit about yeah, <laughs> you already already him
12: the questions. Y'all make it. I so am not
1: giving him the questions. He asked all the questions I didn't give it to. Him. Jimmy, hey, tell yeah, me I'm what's going on with the Catholic hits. right now. What's what's going on there with you guys right now?
11: I uh, just uh, finished up a uh, late practice. Uh, came out here to beat the heat, and uh, so just in here, I've got a volleyball game going on in the back, so you may hear some screams. But
1: oh, good. Tell me about the team. How you guys feel about moving up to four uh, A?
11: Oh, it's it's definitely a big step, a new challenge, uh, something that uh, we haven't faced in. I think five years or so. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a new challenge for us, but uh, me and the guys are confident that uh, we can handle some of the new challenges that are coming at us this season. And uh, we took down uh, step one in those challenges uh, last Thursday against South Mech, and they were a great team and it was, it was a hard fought game. And now we got another one against uh, Hickory Ridge this weekend, so.
1: Right, well, you got a hard challenge yeah. right now because you gotta oh, beat Sam
12: the, uh, You know, you're going against, one of my best friends in the coaching world, Jupiter Wilson, and man, they—he has the most respect for Catholic football because he's like, man, they just run cover two, and they really are good at it. That's all they need to run, and they won four state championships in a row. And I was like, yeah, they're they're very sound. So he's got a lot of respect for you guys, but they're pretty explosive. This is their best
11: team they've That's ever right. had. They're bringing in a good team. So. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, are you ready, Jimmy? Uh,
11: of course, I need, I need I need some help from
12: Dale.
1: Are you ready, Sin?
12: <laughs> yeah, tell Gary in the back to chill, man. He's messing up my mojo. Here we go, brother. I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the goat of the game show. <music> that's that's so like Eric right there, but that's all right over there. <laughs> You said uh, you say
1: you don't have any um any branding, so we're trying to get you branded.
12: Yeah, that's right. You know, the guns were out. Did y'all see that? What that video?
1: We saw a little guns. Just let's go question one. Here we go. All
13: right. UNC beat Clemson in 2010. Who was the quarterback? A TJ Yates, B, Bryn Renner, C, Mike Paulus, or D, Mark, Marquise Williams. Okay,
1: Jimmy, you have to go first because Sam always makes the visitor go first.
11: <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, TJ Yates.
1: TJ Yates. Samuel.
12: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with TJ Yates as well.
1: Okay. Well, you guys both get it right. The answer is TJ Yates.
12: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're, we're, we're stuck at one. Uh, I'm a little upset. This guy
12: gets that right. I'm just like, That's coming. Those Marquis okay. Williams or something. God,
1: it's, it's, it's okay. I tried to trick you with Marquis, uh, Sam.
12: All right, nah, Dale, number, I was two, yeah. in 2011, so he couldn't have played for him in 2010.
10: So, yeah, yeah, he coached against him. Yeah, so, all right,
12: Dale, number two. Here we go.
10: Okay, LaMelo Ball's signature shoe is called What A One of One B MB One C Big Baller. D Z O two,
1: that's it. You really really can
10: know this. Then, this is going to be news for me, too. So,
11: I'm gonna go with B.
12: B,
1: all
11: right, yeah, I'm going with B as well. And be
1: one. You guys are, you guys
12: are hot. We still
10: got to tie. You guys gonna tie and get all of them right. Ali,
12: this guy, I told you, man. Like I gotta get them perfect. Y'all gave him the answers. Gee, he
1: asked, he asked <laughs> for the answers. I did not give him the answers.
11: I didn't ask no. for the answers. Maybe a hint or no?
1: Two. He asked for the questions. He said, "Can I see the questions?" <laughs> all yeah. right, Chelsea, Number three. We're tied, We're all tied up.
13: All right. Which Netflix show is based on the former NFL player who once played in Charlotte? A. Friday Night Lights. B. All American. C. QB One. Or D. Or D. Under the Lights. I can't spell. <laughs> Under, the <lights. laughs>
1: Under the lights.
13: Oh, uh, there you
11: go, <laughs> Jimmy. I'm gonna go with uh, C. QB One. QB One. Yeah, it, it's C.
12: No, it isn't.
1: It's B. All American. No. So we're. Oh, no, that's
12: incorrect. That's correct. One. Right. Sam. Sam. Uh, me, Sam Harmon was on. Oh, you know
1: what? Q4. You know what? You are right. I had two correct
12: answers. You are. Yep. Right. No, you guys. Yeah, yeah right. we're, we are not, right. not wrong on on that. No, no, no. You're right. You guys right. t-
1: did that. I should get bonus for Dagon no, telling no, you who no, it was. No, no, <laughs> no,
12: that's
10: bonus. Damn. Okay. Justin Bieber has the number one song in the country. Really, I didn't know. Stay. Who sings with him? A, uh, Doja Cat, B, Ed Sheeran, C, Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo, I'm sorry, or D, The Kid Leroy. (laughs) See, this is the thing that bothers
12: me. Like you purposely put these questions that I don't have a clue about, like the younger generation, and you make me go first. I'm going to switch it up and say, <laughs> I want to go first. now um, Because this is, you want me to fail. You want me to lose. I um, don't
1: want so. you to fail, Sam. Unbelievable.
12: This is you crap. said you
1: to go to the game show.
12: Yeah, you forced me to say it. <laughs> no, I <didn't. laughs> no, I didn't. All right, let me think about this. this I, I don't have a daggone clue.
10: Um shouldn't help. look
1: behind him and make sure his daughters aren't
12: behind him with the answer.
10: <laughs> I what
13: like,
12: I years old. I'm sorry, hold on. Let me see. Number one song. I might have to bring Chris on with his bell. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with
11: D.
1: Go with D. All right. What you got? Uh Jimmy.
11: Yeah, I'm going with D as well. We are still tied. It's a good guess. Oh, that, that, that's
12: freaking clutch right there. I don't okay. have a clutch. I'm just going deep. Okay. All enough
1: nothing, nothing. nothing question. Jimmy, you're first this time? Yes, sir. All right. Here we go. Chelsea.
13: All right. Which Netflix show put sexy people on an island and asked them to remain celibate? A, Love Island. B, Too Hot to Handle. C, X on the Beach. Or D, F Boys.
1: <laughs> it's a real
13: show. Really?
11: Yeah, really? <laughs> I, I, I don't watch this type of Netflix, but uh I'm gonna go be too hot to handle.
12: Sam Golly, I think he's wrong.
10: But what if he's right?
12: Yeah, I can't. I can't I can't lose if I guess Where's them, the so,
10: strategy
12: exactly. You know, man, I gotta, strategy. The strategy is to guess
0: <laughs>
12: what right <laughs> right, I'm gonna for, for technical purposes, so I don't lose and I retain, um, I'm gonna go B, but I think the answer is A. The answer is B. I
1: was already yeah. up. up all right, already
12: I went B, so, so I, I, was, I, was, I. was All right, good. We, we got, got, we, we got we a tie. Score. First, score both of us.
1: This is a yes. This is the second time thing we had. because You tied the Salisbury linebacker, um, Jaylon Walker, uh, last year. We gotta get we gotta get J back for a rematch and Jimmy. We gotta have you back for rematch take on Saturday.
12: hey Matt props to you though. Look, y'all gotta give me some props. There was two questions <laughs> I had zero clue about. That's just straight strategy guessing. Yeah, you were, right you, were you
1: were doing some major guessing. I I, I mean that's that, I, I think your daughter's in the background helping you. I don't, yeah.
12: don't know them. They yeah. the 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 said Hey, if Where's I said code, I had to, I had
10: to, I had to bow up real quick. That's all I had to do. You I mean, <laughs> right. hey, but Jimmy,
1: look, listen. Good luck against Hickory Ridge this week. They put up sixty-eight last week, so you guys better be good sure. on defense.
12: Yes, sir. What position do it. you play? What position do you play?
11: Uh, I'm fullback.
12: Oh, you're the you're the daggone. Beast mode, all right.
1: Yeah. When they when I they
12: you, that you, what, drive, what you, you were know, the middle college. you looked at like army and navy and all those type of schools, or no? Uh,
11: I i haven't really looked at army or navy yet. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure where uh the future holds, but uh, that is that's probably something I'll figure out towards the end of the uh football season. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right, cool yeah. deal, man. All right, well, good luck, Jimmy. Appreciate you, you coming
12: on, man.
11: Yeah, thanks for having
1: me. All right, take care. That's my man, Jimmy Brewer.
12: Great kid. Oh, my Come gosh. Here. Y'all gave him the answers, and I have to be perfect just to tie. Unbelievable. No, he he, he knew the last one. He knew the last one and tried to play it like he didn't. Yeah, I he, actually, he absolutely I was good.
1: good. I was good. I was good. good. Room. He, <laughs> He's watching me in the past. He's watching me in the past. He's All good. right, man, we'll, we'll be back with you in a minute. Damn, go. let you go, too. Chelsea, it's time for you and Chris to do y'all's thing. I'm going to get out of the way. Y'all have a good time.
5: Well, Chelsea, this is just your world, and we're just happy to be living in it with you, uh, watching you shine here on the big screen. Um, Second show now uh, here Mm -hmm. in the hot seat. How's it going so far?
13: Um, Going good. It's what I look forward to on Tuesday nights, you know, after a long day of school and stuff. You know, I'm like, can't wait for talking about Charlotte.
5: Absolutely. Well, tell us, who did did you interview this week?
13: Yeah, so I interviewed Chad Cairns, a quarterback from Middle Creek. Um, He was one of the athletes who reached out to me over Twitter DM. And, again, to anyone who wants an interview, my Twitter is at Chelsea Sickle. Love to talk with you. Um, so, yeah, set up a Zoom and just asked him about his season. Well, he
5: had a tough loss on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he I think Middle Creek they got a new coach. Fantastic program. Mm-hmm. I think they both still have a good year. Uh, let, let's get that video and uh, hear what he's got to say.
13: So, Chad, last season you had a successful junior year. Um, what are some of your goals and expectations for yourself as a senior now?
14: Uh, my main goal is always leave someone th- something better than I found it. My main goal this year is to go out with a SWAC title with our team and uh, just finish what I started.
13: Reflect on some of the past seasons and talk about any of the growth you've seen in the football program.
14: So definitely, we have 25 seniors, so it's a pretty close-knit team. We've been lifting and working out for the past four years now, and we're all pretty tight, like a family almost. I, it definitely feels more like a family team this year than it has in the past few years, so I'm really excited to see what we do this year
13: what's one game that stood out to you maybe as a team performance or individual performance
14: definitely when we played Richmond County they're one heck of a program uh, we showed that we could play in those tough games and uh, we didn't quit at all which I loved about our guys we stayed fighting the whole game even when we were down big we kept fighting and we didn't give up and came back from a pretty big deficit and made it a little bit closer but still it shows that we can keep playing those tough games but I think I'm most looking forward to playing Panther Creek this year. They have the most hype in our conference. So I like to compete and play the best teams possible. So I'm going to give them my best shot and uh, hopefully take out W.
13: Awesome. And again, as a quarterback, how would you describe your game style on the field?
14: I definitely say I'm more like a gunslinger. I like to squeeze the ball in those tight windows and show I got a killer arm. Uh, I'm going to leave it all on the field. Every time I get on the field, I come from a big football family. My dad played at Oregon. My brother played at Wake Forest, so I know football. I'm going to get in the film room. I'm going to dissect everything and make sure I get better and better every week.
13: Awesome. And also, as a senior at Middle Creek, how do you stand up as a leader for the team?
14: You know, I try to just help the freshmen learn the plays. I'm trying to be a better guy just off the field, too, and not just be that one guy who's always screaming and yelling. I'm going to try and help the guys learn and continue to grow as a person.
13: For sure. That's great. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. And I look forward to seeing some of y'all's games.
14: Thank you. Wow.
5: Chelsea, Chad Kearns has an arm. I was watching those highlights. Yeah. He, he had a couple quick back shoulder throws, especially he when does. he was in Richmond County. Uh, you picked a good guy to talk to uh, <laughs> remind everybody how they can get in touch with you. I know we've got a lot of athletes that would love to be on talk preps. How can they get in touch with you?
13: Yeah. So my Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple and my DMs are open. Um, just reach out, mention that you want to be on the show, and I'd love to set up a Zoom interview.
1: Tell them again, Chelsea, you got it. Give me a second to type it up. Tell, tell them again. How to it.
13: <laughs> my Twitter on. is at Chelsea Sipple right there. Langston has it up. Um, my DMs are spell open. It right. You know I can't
1: spell that. Right.
13: Yeah, you got it. Um, so yeah, just reach out in my DMs, and I'd love to talk.
1: All right. It is time for Grace's Gyms. All right, before we get to it, I'm gonna let you guys get to it. My camera's all blurred. I know. Before we get blurred. to it, I'll let you guys get to it. I gotta throw up this this guy I found today, Chris. 19 touchdowns last night. They tied a North Carolina State record. Logan, Logan Bradshaw. <laughs> yes. Uh
5: and that was that was last night. Yeah. Um Logan, uh well, Wyatt Holland, but, but but both of them uh they played last night. Midway won that ball game 80. 80- to 73. This isn't ACC basketball. This is a high school football game. You know, 80 to 73.
1: Like Will Greer won a game like that. Uh, some crazy scored. He threw like 12, 13 touchdowns in the game. That's the first thing I thought about when I saw these. Nine,
5: and this this was not eight man football. I mean, this was 19 passing touchdowns. Gotcha. Well, what were we looking at? About 800 yards passing. I mean, good
1: golly. These dudes threw 40, they threw 63 passes, and 19 of those were touchdowns. 19 to 49 completions for touchdowns. I mean, that game was just crazy. It was like- – Well, yeah,
5: and you, you've got two great coaches. Uh, you got to think about Hopton. They're, they're a team that's going to be really strong in this one day. you got to look out for them. Uh, Coach Joe Glass and the offensive coordinator, George Coltharp are two of the biggest um, gurus, I guess, if we want to use that word, um, for for the the air raid offense, you know they they get on there with some of the best of the best in the nation and and, and really dial in that air raid. I mean that's what these guys do, and they surely put on a show.
1: No, they did. Uh, I, that, that's just amazing. All right, um, you guys got some Grice's gems. Um, we did it a little different this week. We had a special guest. I think we had a lot of fun. Yes. No. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. <laughs> you know Grice's
3: gems always great. Let's roll it. All
6: right. Here we go.
5: All right, Grice, it's time for Grice's Gems. You've made this uh, segment famous. Uh, We have really put the spotlight on some of the best performers of the state in the past week. This week, opening week of the high school football season, we had some mammoth performers.
3: Uh, let's, Let's go ahead and start going through the list. Tell me about them, Grice. Oh, man, I love week one because a lot of times you get those guys and those stars that we've talked about that have amazing performances. So, again, as you see, these are the Grice's Gems for this week. You know, we start off, of course, with the illustrious Amarian Hampton, who's been on our high school Heisman, or now Mr. Football, list. Alonzo Barnett, again, another one in that same place. But uh, we'll go ahead and start with Amarian Hampton. So he's, you know, the UNC recruit, uh, the command has nine carries, Bro, 158 yards and four touchdowns in a season opening win. I mean, again, it's a guy that, you know, we've talked about, Chris. You know, we know that he's a quality back. And week one, again, he showed why he's been on our list, why he's been on our radar and Mac Brown's radar uh, the yeah. entire time there. Chris. Coach Price.
5: He made a big impact in a very small amount of time. That was a blowout win, 52 to nothing over carries. I mean, he really didn't get on the field very much, and he really didn't have to. Obviously, you see nine carries and four touchdowns. I mean, I love that productivity there, Coach. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Coach Scott Riley told me about that young man as a ninth grader, and he told me four years ago to mark it down he was going to be the best he had ever coached. Turns out to be his crystal ball was right. Uh, he, he was really good, and, and I think this
3: next guy we're talking about is pretty good as well, Coach. Oh, my goodness. You know, this, again, we talk about best quarterbacks in the state, man. If you're not mentioning Alonzo Barnett in that name, in that list, you you don't know what you're talking about. And I know the guru has him on his list. His quarterback threw seven TDs to four different receivers in less than three quarters of a 56-0 win over Clayton. Got a buddy who coaches uh, basketball at Grimsley. He said he didn't even finish the, you know, didn't even finish the third quarter in this game, which shows you the level of productivity he has. But again, state champion and James Madison uh, commit is, again, showing you that they are well on tap for another state championship run in the 4A Fight Club this year, Chris. Yeah, and look at who they beat. They beat Clayton, who's a really, really good football
5: team. Uh, so that was an exceptional performance by Barnett. I have been singing his praises since he's in the 8th or ninth grade. He used to be, he come up on Danny O'Brien. Anybody remembers Danny O'Brien oh. Former ACC Freshman of the Year? He yeah. came up under Coach O'Brien's tutelage. Uh, saw him in a lot of his camps over the years. He is a phenomenal athlete, but an even better young man.
3: Great family. I love seeing this guy succeed. Oh, he's going to continue to have a great run this year, and I'm excited to see all the stuff that he can do. Uh, The next one we'll go to is uh, we'll stay on this quarterback train with Dylan Bisson at Mountain Island Charter. Uh, Again, last year, you know, had an all-conference season, had a coming-out party of sorts or in the spring season. Again, you see the numbers. Look at the efficiency. It's a key theme here. 15 of 20 for 277 yards, four touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Again, five total touchdowns there and a 34-27 win over Anson Senior. Again, a 1A school getting it done on the road in Anson County out in Wadesboro, he did a pretty good job, Chris. What are your thoughts? You know, I know Anson's a little young this year, but we know the talent that Coach Ralph
5: Jackson has in that Bearcat squad. Uh, So to see him come in there and go 15 of 20 and throw the ball all over the field, that tells me all I need to know about his ability to get the job done
3: against a very talented opposition. Agreed 100%. We'll move forward next to Jaden Brooks out of Princeton. This, Chris, I know you're the guru. Is this a 1A school here? Princeton is Valley two-way.
5: In matter mad. of fact, even though they moved up from 1A to 2A, they're very solidly a top 15 to 16, 17-ish two-way team. Very good. Uh, they, they put in a brand-new turf field that's really going to just – Get those – they want a power offense. You know, I know Coach Hales, who we're going to bring on later tonight, loves power football. They get that power offense on there. They start running downhill, and Princeton is just hard, hard uh, to stop. They're the Bulldogs as well, so, you know, I like to call them dogs. But Jaden Brooks uh, was a tough guy. Smithfield Selma – uh, coach Duran Donald, matter of fact, I coached with him at Douglas Bird. He's the coach at Smithfield. He said that that
3: guy, that Brooks was one of the best that he had seen, just so hard to bring down. Again, 403 yards ru- yards rushing. I think it was seven touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. No, sorry, I think it was six touchdowns or something. But again, hey, 403 yards rushing is what I'm looking at. I think the tweet said, wowza, and I echo those same sentiments there. Ooh, wow. Again, Jade Brooks and Princeton, again, that move to 2A for them doesn't seem to be much of an issue with a big win in Week 1 over Smithfield-Selma. Our performances performances were pretty amazing, and, and as we talk about all the time, if you ball, you got. We got to give you the call. So you know, let us know you have a major performance on Friday night. You know, you can tweet us. You can tweet uh, Langston Works at Langston Works Junior. Make sure that he's aware because we want to get you and highlight some of the great things that you've done this week. So again, congrats to all the Gryce's Gems. I think uh, Barnett may be a two-time Gryce's Gems alumni. You continue to ball. We're gonna make sure you guys get shined. Oh.
1: Well, it's time for the two minute warning. I'm not Alex, but we're still going to be a little gloom and doom. We got Chris in for Alex. Uh, I think the first question is going to Dale. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State, Dale, are acquiring vaccines and negative tests for fans to attend games. Does that migrate to Carolina's colleges or high schools?
10: So we unfortunately do have to be a little bit of gloom and doom, don't we? Um, You know, i think as far as colleges are concerned I, i'm not certain why a college would not mandate this because it's so important to your program to be able to keep playing uh and not lose players uh you, know, you don't want to get quarantined you don't uh so i i expect that we will see that it will move to uh college uh, programs in the carolinas i also think that we may see uh it uh in high school but i think high school's got there's a lot more um the parent involvement's a lot higher and there's a lot of anti let's not do that mandate i'm not big on mandates but now that we have an approved vaccine and let's remember high school athletics is a voluntary thing it's not a mandated thing that you play high school athletics Mm -hmm. so uh I'm, I'm for vaccinating high school kids. I know we saw discussion of it earlier, but uh, back a couple of weeks ago, now that we have a approved vaccine, I think some uh, districts may move that way.
1: All right, Gary, uh, Big Friday's coming back. The Panthers are bringing back Big Friday prep football at the Memorial Stadium. Is this good for high school sports?
4: It's awesome. Uh, I can remember back in the 90s, early 2000s, that's what everybody looked for on their schedule. Do we have a game at Memorial Stadium? Because you knew if you had a game at Memorial Stadium, the spotlight was on you that week. Uh, the kids get up for it. And when I walked into that stadium Friday night, I was blown away. I mean, it's it looks completely different. Uh, I think that's awesome, on the Panthers. And they made sure they got good games. You know, it's one thing to get the stadium, but it's another to – to make sure you have two opponents that are worthy of that spotlight and the three games that they have, let's see here, uh, Butler Richmond, this Saturday, that should be an awesome game. Richmond travels well, Uh, Catholic Providence. That's a great game. And then finishing up with Chambers and Huff, which is the big rivalry uh, right now in, in um, CMS. So they got an excellent schedule. It's an excellent venue. Um, and just to see the, the skyline of Charlotte as you sit in the stadium, it's just absolutely beautiful. And here's the biggest one, they have instant replay. And the field doesn't get yeah, they can't use it as far as the officials, yeah. but you get to see every play yeah. two
1: or three times, you yeah. know. So that is awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. Chelsea, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I we lost your face. But, I, <laughs> I was a little but uh, up in Raleigh, how big a deal was it for Rollsville to lose Pinecrest?
13: Um, you know, at first, gosh, I wish this was a game I could have made it to. But um, I still think Rollsville is a top team like that. I think it does show, you know, how well Pinecrest can really step up. And I think Rollsville <laughs> played a good game, but Pinecrest played better. But um, I wouldn't question Roseville's talent or anything. I think just one loss, and I think they can bounce back. Chris,
1: you agree with that?
5: Yeah, I agree with it. And and I think that there, it's a very decent possibility that Roseville is going to go 0-2, playing an exceptional East Forsyth team this week. Yeah. Uh, and, and even then, I'm not going to say gloom and doom. I, I think that this Roseville team is just playing a really aggressive schedule, uh, but I think it will pay off later on in the year.
1: All right. I agree with you. Dale, how long is too long for a weather delay? We saw several games this past week go after 12 uh, in the morning. Vance didn't get home till 4 in the morning on Saturday morning. They left Charlotte 1.
10: That's that's a good question. I, I do want to say a lot of people have, have sold uh, Pinecrest short. I think they just keep selling Pinecrest short last season and this season. Uh, that's just my thought. Um, you know, uh, that's just, I, I have been in a situation similar to this. Um, up at Burns over in uh, Cleveland County when Morsville went over and um, they had that long you know somewhat of a drive over and then they have a long 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 delay where uh, the Morsville kids sat on the bus um, something like this you know how, what, how long is too long uh, The I know you had in the original question you mentioned 4am but that has more to do with the fact that you playing out of town so any delays are really going to impact you um, the question is in a situation like that kind of game, you know, we saw this at Memorial Stadium back when uh, Mallard Creek and um, Dutch Fork came up and they kept delaying, kept delaying, kept delaying, and then ultimately didn't play uh, because they couldn't get the, the schools back together. So if you don't wait it out, what are you going to do uh, to get these two to be able to play again? Uh, to finish it up on a Monday, which is, I don't know if that would have been the possibility. So you're going to have to send them back up on a Monday to play. No, that's probably not going to happen. So uh, I I think that's something that the ADs and the coaches, or really the coaches need to get together and decide, do we want to finish this game? Um, You know, you keep waiting and hoping something's going to clear up and you're going to be able to play. And ultimately get to the point you're waiting so long that it's like, why give up waiting? So that's a long time especially you know the your point earlier about having food available mm-hmm. somebody could have done something to uh have addressed that, that
1: was point. that was gary that said that but i think yeah. he i agree with you gary gary your girl shikari Richardson. tell me what you thought about her finishing last in her race and then the headline she caused with her post game interview well
4: you know a little bit of background shikari uh qualified for the u.s olympic team this summer and then it was discovered that she had failed um, a drug test. She had tested positive for marijuana. Um, she didn't make excuses. She said it was during a time where she was still in mourning over the loss of her mother. Her mother had recently passed. And, you know, most people cut her some slack. She, she didn't make excuses. She knew the rule. Um, and most people cut her some slack saying it's an antiquated rule. Uh, The NFL, the NBA, they no longer punish for positive uh, marijuana tests. So she had the sympathy of America or most of America. There was that segment out there of, you know, hey, let's boycott watching the Olympics since the uh, U.S. Olympic team won't let her run. But it wasn't the U.S. Olympic team that punished her. It was the 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 IOC doesn't allow that. Right. So moving forward, everybody was anticipating how well she would have done had she been in the Olympics. And uh, you know, you had this this meet in Oregon uh with the, the three top finishers who all happened to be from Jamaica in this race and, and they were uh, in peak form just coming off the Olympics. They were in peak form. And I don't know if she, know know she feet was, feet. was or not. I don't but think she, she was. finished been in lane. She's been going
1: through a lot.
4: Yeah, she finished in last. Okay. And as I'm watching, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little bit sympathetic, but then they interview her. Mm-hmm. They don't go to the winners, they go to her, probably because she's an American.
1: She's an American and she's and,
4: American. and she just ran it and raved, no humbleness, no humility, uh, cursed on live TV. She did. Um and then said, I'm still here, ain't no quitting me. I'll be back, ain't no quitting me. And then 10 minutes later, she dropped yeah. out of the 200. <laughs> yeah. Now you just said, "ain't no quitting, you, and then you said, I- I'm not running into 200. Yeah. Then they went to a commercial and guess who was in the commercial? Nike is running a Shikari Richardson commercial. Well, they probably, had, the worst <laughs> they probably had that kid up thinking yeah. she might
1: do something in the in the meet. But it's, it's uh Yeah, and that yeah. had to be the
4: worst timing for Nike. And I know Nike likes to be on the edge a little bit, yeah. but she really needs to get some better handlers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think she got overwhelmed she needs, some, she needs somebody to teach her uh, how yeah. to deal with
1: the media for sure. and
4: you would think somebody who had reached that level yeah. as, as a world-class athlete and she's you know she's running at lsu and she's well,
1: 21 years old she's got you know two or three more olympics left in her her competition is aging so i think the next olympics she definitely should medal and the one after that maybe she can you know win a gold uh, i think she's going to get faster i, I think she's going to be fine but uh it's time to move on. We're going to uh let Gary have a quick break. Uh Chelsea, thanks for joining us this week. Uh of what, what, you got anybody planned for next week? Anybody special?
13: Uh, I want to reach out to the Audrey Kel coach. He said he has some players. There we go.
1: You guys gotta reach out to Chelsea. You get put yeah. on the Thought <laughs> Observer, the News Observer, the Herald. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, you're all over the place. I mean, you get you, yeah. you, 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 you want to say you slept on you get with Chelsea, you definitely not slept on. So, Chelsea, thanks for coming on with us. We'll catch you next week.
13: See y'all next week.
1: All right, take care. care. That's uh, Chelsea Simple. All right, Chris, it's time for 60 Seconds with Chris. What's on the menu? Man, we got a little bit of
5: everything, kind of looking back at this first week of the season, really a lot of hype around the season. Uh, I'm going to give away some game balls and and just a few other little things, but I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with this.
1: All right, here we go.
5: All right, I'm back here for Christmas Corner, and we had such a good time doing it last week that we're going to do it again this week. Uh, As you... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
8: All right, I'm back here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
5: For Chris's Corner, and we had such a good time doing it last week that we're going to do it again this week. Uh, as you know, it's going to go by really quick, so we're going to wind that clock up first. But first, I get my mouth so dry, I got to drink an ice cold sun drop. Huh, hot out here today. All right, Chris's Corner. Preseason rankings. Where Chris was wrong, where Chris was right. Uh, where I was right, Richmond County at number seven, absolutely spot on. Some people didn't even rank them. Jacksonville at number eight, absolutely, hit it on the head. Northern Ash, number 20, eh, you know, still right, but I think they're a little bit better. Where I was wrong, East Forsyth at number 14, nope, they should have been better. Greenville Rose at number one, what was I thinking? Rocky Mountain number 16, no way, they're a top five, top ten team. Wilson Hunt, unranked, come on, what was I thinking? Wait and see teams, kind of Monroe, Rollsville. Kings Mountain, you know, some teams I've got on the radar. Forest View, Carson. Winners and losers. Pinecrest High School coach Bob Curtin, new coach, interim coach, had that big win over Rollsville, big win. UNC football getting generational defensive talent. Travis Shaw, huge win. You know, the losers, though, uh, the students, the coaches, the fans, people on the COVID protocol, man, you got to hate it for them. Uh, the gurus game, balls, though. This is what I'm waiting to do. Uh, Tad Hudson, Huff High School. Sedavion Wembley, Southview. Chris McGuire, Franklin, great game against Murphy. Oh, there's the bell. South row in head football coach Chris Walsh. First win, uh, and you knew and you knew deal. Uh that's it for Chris's corner. Sixty seconds of Chris. I think that's gonna do it. Woo! Man, that, that Chris that 60 seconds was so hot I had to cool down.
12: We, had, we hyped up the uh you know the intros, man. We're, we're different level right now.
5: <laughs> no kidding, guys. Uh, no kidding. And we're gonna take it to the next level again. Uh, and we're gonna talk about this Mr. Footballer list. Uh we've got these guys ranked, uh, and we're gonna look at them right here. Hey. Our Mr. Football from the reigning from the year ago, he's still up there number one, guys. I don't know that we've really seen him explode yet, but I think that talent's there, and he's a ticking time bomb, and he will. Obviously, we talked about him, and Hampton at Cleveland. Travis Shaw, he is going to be an NFL guy. I have no doubt in my mind. Alonzo Barnett, wow, what a performance he had Friday night. Jalen Walker, Salisbury, Tad Hudson, a huff. He was spot on in that Thursday game. Uh, Shalik Knott's uh, heading to Maryland. Albert Red, Glenn, Malik Hamrick, Shelby, Byron Brown, and Roseville. Played great even in the loss. Take Corny, Davy County, Michael Allen, Greenville Rose, Christian Hamilton, Hickory Ridge. He's got his work cut out for him on this uh, game coming up Friday. Uh, looking on that back half, Jacob Newman, South Mech. I really like what I saw out of him against Catholic. Noah Rogers, Rollsville. Isaiah Crowell, maybe the best cover corner in North Carolina up there at East Forsyth. Uh, Tamor Thompson at Grimsley. Torrin Wright, A.L. Brown, Casey Concepcion here at Chambers. Uh, KV on Freshwater up at Northeastern. They got a big game Friday. James Pierce at Chambers. Uh, Jalen Swindell also at Chambers. Uh, Bryce Dixon at Butler, Matt
3: David, big linebacker at West Forsyth, and another linebacker, Carter Wyatt at West Brunswick. Guys, that's a lot of good
5: football players.
3: That is. I mean, you know, and it's looking – the first thing I see is Alonzo Barnett at four. It's like, what does a guy got to do, you know, in, in two and a half quarters of, of work throwing seven touchdowns is still ranked four. So, you know, you got some names on here, some big games coming up, even some games against some of the other players on his watch list. So I really think you're going to see a lot of shuffling here these next two to three weeks.
12: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look how great of a list that is. I mean, if someone's got a problem with someone on that list, then they might not be watching football very well.
3: Like you said, ground you got to show your work if you think you belong on this list. But, That's again, right. as, as, as the guru always says, this list is not the final end-all, be-all. Guys continue to have big performances, continue to show out, get players of the week, become Bryce's gems. You might see some new faces on this uh, list here next week.
12: It's, it's Daylon Smothers, though. He keeps yeah. doing that. He's last week. I go on last thing. year and we still got Jalen up there. That's crazy. Oh
5: man, he is right, and I read it that way too, guys. I'm sorry about that, uh, Hollywood, but he's right. It's
12: Daylon Smothers, uh, it be and be Hollywood Smothers, if we want to. I mean, <laughs> the, that hey,
3: this, yeah, you know. he has really become Hollywood in the city. I've seen some of the other Chambers kids that were, you know, weren't too happy about being asked, "Are you Hollywood?" First question at anybody's mouth.
5: Hey, but Coach Christ, uh, just to follow up to what you said, uh, talking about Alonzo Barnett being their number four, I think it just shows how stacked that top three is. I mean, all three of those men are are just phenomenal football players, and and I would take any of those guys any time. Speaking of uh, one of the other guys on the list, number six, Tad Hudson, he had a great game uh, Thursday night. I want to bring up a clip of him because uh, we've got some great video on this young man.
1: All right, so we're sitting here with uh, Huff quarterback Tad Hudson, just committed to North Carolina. Uh, what made you decide to do this before your junior year of high school?
6: Uh, yes, sir. The mm-hmm. main thing was just get it all done before the season so I can focus completely on the season and just put all my time in there instead of going to schools, watching a bunch of games, and talking all the time. So it's nice to get it out the way. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the culture there is just amazing. Coach Longo and Coach Brown, all, all the coaches there are great people. And uh, it's just – it's an awesome place to be. Glad I'm there.
1: Well, who did it come down to? Uh, was it, you know, four or five different schools? Or was it was just a
6: feeling. Um, it was a couple. I'd say uh, some – my favorites, they haven't offered me yet. My favorites were probably uh, NC State. Mm-hmm. I liked Alabama a lot. I was talking to them. Um, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, I really liked it there. And then uh, Auburn, Texas, a couple other people that I've offered me say
1: did you talk to drake at all about or, or sam at all about coming to chapel Hill, did they recruit you a little bit
6: um i'd say drake he recruited me a little bit not too much he was always telling me like uh just go where your heart is and get that'll be the, what's best for you i wouldn't say he was recruiting me that hard but uh it was definitely cool to have some insight because all these coaches are telling you a bunch of things and you don't know if some it's true and then you have drake there telling me oh it's It's true. Everything I tell you is the truth. So that's pretty good.
5: All right. Uh, Incredible interview right there uh, with Tad Hudson. Great job, Langston. Hey, Catawba Ridge quarterback uh, Jaden Davis is ranked the number one quarterback in the class of 24. Uh, That is an incredible honor. Uh, I've seen some tape on this guy. He is really, really good. Hey, before we go to that tape, uh, Coach Griner, Coach Grison, give me your thoughts on him.
12: Well, I mean, if you're ever ranked number one in 24-7 sports, and that's pretty special. Let me tell you that. I can't wait to watch the clips on them right now. I've just been so focused on West Charlotte football, I haven't seen much of South Carolina, so I'd like to look at it right now. Yeah, I mean, uh,
8: What was that like today, getting
12: that
2: news? Uh, it was definitely a great experience for me and my family, knowing that I've been working for it since the age of eight. Um, so it was definitely a cool experience, but this is when y'all you know, tell us all the time. This is when the work actually grinds and actually starts, uh, because you know I have a bigger target on my back. I already had a target on my back uh, a couple of days ago, but now I got an even bigger target on my back just with the ranking from every every position. Now yeah, they all want to be the number one player in the country. Um, but you know I look at it. I look, I can thrive off of it from pressure. I thrive off of it from big games and, and under pressure. Um, so I look at it as an achievement, but, you know, I know that doesn't mean anything when you get to the college level. So, you um, know, I'm still working, still crying and put my head down and go to work. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, making it making it back to where we got to and winning the game now. But just taking it week week by week at a time, you know, it's different, you know, saying this is how you're supposed to act in a certain situation, but until you get to, you know, the upper state championship game and see see that type of environment, you know, that's when I think experience is the best teacher. Uh, so being a, now in our, our third year of the, of the high school program, I think, you know, we have a lot more experience under our belt being in that game. And I think we have full talent and full capability to make it back and possibly in that game now. Hey,
1: Sam, the fact that Davis is the number one player, uh, that's incredible. You know, also, Jadavion
5: Clowney was previously ranked number one. Uh, which, again, shows just the the phenomenal hotbed of talent we live in. But I really want to ask you this, Sam. You also coached the number one player. Uh, Give give me just what it's like as a coach to know that you've got the top player in his class at position group in the country. I mean, that's just got to be an incredible honor and a good feeling.
12: Oh, it's huge because a lot of times the number one player is such an impact player, especially in high school. It's either a running back, a quarterback. Um, a lot of times it could be a defensive lineman. They make huge impacts in the game and it makes the whole team better around them. Um, you know, I coached Kavars Crouch and by far, I thought he was the best player. I told Langston, this kid is going to be the best in, in in the entire nation. He laughed at me and then come after we won the championship, he he was ranked number one in the uh, rivals. And so uh, I think that was pretty cool. And uh, but there's a lot of pressure that goes on. Like the following year, He was ranked number one going into the season, senior season. Um, I went to Hickory Ridge, and, you know, he didn't have the best season. He was injured a lot. And so, you know, it could be a lot of pressure to someone. And if if you can handle that pressure and still stay number one, that shows your resiliency and you'll do really good in college.
5: Hey, Grice, we talked earlier in the show about Grimsley and just how close they are to being that top team in the state. Uh, It was announced this week that Travis Shaw, the defensive lineman, has um, announced his commitment to Carolina. You know, I call him a generational kind of talent. I think he is like that Julius Peppers, you know, that next level guy. You know, he's got LeBron James size and, you know, just the agility of a point guard. Tell me how big
3: a deal this is. Oh, it's a huge deal. I think one for the player. I mean, you look at a guy like Travis Shaw and you talk about, like you said, he he doesn't look – like the old sloppy defensive lineman gut hanging out, not able to run. He does look like a guy that could play defensive end, could play tackle, just really athletic at the high school level. Of course pro- projected as an interior defensive lineman at the collegiate level, but now shifting to, to uh, UNC, I mean, what a get here. I mean, I think that it's always known that you want to keep your talent in state, but Matt really sat down and made sure that that was an understanding and he was going to determine to say any player that's in our area, we want to keep, uh, keep them and build that fence around the state, I think he's done a great job, and this is a landmark uh get here for Mac Brown. Hey, yeah.
12: How hype was Langston and Gary when, when he made this decision? So,
3: we
12: go. <laughs> so uh, that I, one thing I want to say, um, I've talked to a lot of college recruiters and friends with a lot of guys that coach college ball, and uh, they tell me the number one position. It's hard to get because there's a huge drop off. Like the first ten guys are unbelievable, and then there's a huge drop off. It's defense alignment, and uh, you know, for North Carolina to get Travis Shaw, you know, he's definitely one of the best in the country. He's in the top ten, I would say. And uh, those guys, they play on Sundays when you're normally in that top ten.
5: Yeah, no, Ken, I want to bring this up real quick and get your feedback on this, Sam. Uh, I know that Travis Shaw is a phenomenal basketball player. I mean, just he he's hooped it up. I think he's even beat some of Langston teams back in the day. But how important is it to have a guy with such physicality and size? And he's only 17, by the way. He ain't even through growing. That has those just really agile feet. I mean, that, that's just something that's hard to come by from a physical standpoint.
12: Well, that's just the way the game's going right now. You have to be an athlete to be on the field. Like, I mean – our offensive guards, like you know, I've coached the offensive guard is one of the best athletes. I hate he could brawl jump over nine feet. You know what I'm saying? That sucker's like still playing for South Carolina, stuff like that. You you have to be an athlete. You have to be able to move around. You gotta be a multiple sport guy to be able to do things and to just show that he's that great of a basketball player, it just shows how it's gonna translate to football. And that's why they look for that, you know, in the recruiting world.
5: All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna go right now to our top Fifteen uh, rankings here for the state of North Carolina. Uh, they, these are going to come out tomorrow, but we're going to debut them here tonight here on Talking Preps. Uh, we're going to start right here with the. 1A. We've got a brand new number one. Our number one team lost uh, Tarboro in the pre, in the season opener to Rocky Mount, 12 to nothing. But Eastern Randolph coming down from the 2A to the 1A. I think they served notice beating the powerhouse Eastern Alamance team. Just dominated them. Uh, they are our new number one in the 1A. Uh, Tarboro didn't go far. Number two, Robbinsville, huge huge win over 4A Asheville, moving up to three. Mount Heritage has yet to play a game. They're at four. Mitchell at five. Murphy at six. Uh, Thomas Jefferson 7 Mount Airy 8 Winston-Salem Prep 9 Drawn up there in Burke County They're number 10 for Quimmons 11 Northside uh, You know, they were the State runners up a year ago Rosewood had a big win Last uh, night First time they beat A 3A rival ACOC this Century, matter of fact Uh, 14 Mm -hmm. East Wilkes 15 Riverside Martin Uh, Those are some really good uh, 1A teams Uh, And we'll move it up here To the 2A here Momentarily uh, Once we get this graphic um those are some good one a teams, guys. Anson, what is
12: Anson County? Uh Anson's two a that 2A, well, yeah, that was a good win for Mountain Island Charter. Mountain Island
3: Charter's got to be on the periphery there of getting, uh, breaking into those
12: rankings. Big mm-hmm. big. Uh, we can get to email. Lance can get an email right now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: hey, uh, if you got problems with the rankings, email me. You can find me on Twitter at Google Chris Hughes. Uh, here's number uh, the 2A. Number one, Reidsville, uh Shelby, Burns, Salisbury, Northeastern. Uh, number six, Hendersonville, seven, Clinton, eight, St. Paul's. 9, Washington. 10, Wallace Rose Hill. They hung 68 points on a good East blaton team last night. Number 11, East Duplin. They hung 67 on 3A Dixon last night. Uh, number 12, Maiden. 13, Whiteville. 14, Monroe. Uh, 15, West Craven. Again, there is a lot of good football teams there good in the game. 2A.
3: Uh, that top I won't four line up against season. many of those guys. Man. Goodness.
5: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we'll get here to the 3A. In uh, 3A, obviously um, – Coach Greiner, uh, you know it gets uh, pretty tight. Uh, I, I don't see you on there, but we'll talk about that. Number one team moving up this week, Scotland County. Uh, number two, Lee County. Three, Greensboro. Dudley. Four, Havelock. Five, Crest. Six, Rocky Mount. Seven, Jacksonville. Eight, Terry Sanford. Nine, East Lincoln. Uh, Ten, Northern Nash. Eleven, J.B. Hunt who beat last week's number one, J.H. Rose. Thirteen, South Point. Fourteen, Oak Grove. Uh, Fifteen, Statesville. Um, Ooh, where is Grinder at?
3: him. Grind. the disrespect? It's very no,
12: about it, man. How you feel? Uh, hey, I I hear him cry later in the year. That's all that matters. Now when you yeah,
3: start? here in sixty seconds. What well, we got wrong? Hey, Sam Grinder, he, he's, he's got to come back and do that. That's right. All right, hey,
5: here's the big dogs. Uh, 4A, number one, Chambers, uh, number two, Huff, three, Grimsley, four, Butler, five, East, Forsyth, number six, Richmond County, seven, Colonel Gibbons, eight, Charlotte Catholic, nine, Cleveland, 10, Newbern, 11, Southview, 12, Wadington, 13, Myers Park, 14, Providence, 15, Glenn. We've got a few teams in there that haven't even played a game yet, so, you know, we still got some question marks with them. Uh, but all in all, the 4A, I promise you, we could go to about 65, 70 teams, and it's still stacked. No hickory
1: ridge
11: on
5: there.
1: Ooh, they're really there go, close. Baby.
5: Um, they're they're really close.
12: <laughs> they got a chance to be there they're this week. Right. I'm telling that, you, they, that that they really you, they they have a chance. You the crack got top 15 in foray <laughs> You have to be a daggone Thundercat. You gotta be
3: the bears, man.
5: Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Well, hey guys, uh, that was the top 15 rankings here for the Charlotte Observer talking preps. Uh let's go into Fresh Faces.
3: Obviously, you but Grace, did you know you become the superstar here in Charlotte? Did you know that? I, I am not a superstar. Fun story. Uh, you know, I walk into the to the stadium, and who's the first face I see, especially after all the shenanigans from last week? Was Coach Hale? You know, <laughs> Coach Hale's looking at me ready. I, I think if I, I was like a receiver coming right. across the middle, and he was the linebacker, like he eyes were on me, he's ready to ready to make it happen. But glad we have coach on here, <laughs> You can do a lot of fun stuff with us.
5: Well, Coach Hales, uh, always a pleasure having you on here with us. And, and you mentioned shenanigans. Uh, we always seem to have a few and, and cut up and, and and enjoy the time because why not? I mean, we're talking about our favorite passion, high school football. And and, and not only that, we're going to talk about some great-looking young men uh, that, that are getting it done that you guys there uh, need to take notice of Uh, circle them, look at them, because they'll probably be some of the next guys playing on Saturday. Uh, So uh, I don't know if we want to go ahead and roll this film and and start looking at some of these guys. I think this first one we're going to look at is Russell Ainge uh, from Athens Drive. There you see him in those beautiful blue and orange uniforms. Uh, Russell Lange is one of those H-back kind of linebacker, kind of physical guys that you really got to have on any kind of football team. There you see him right there in the circle. Uh, Look at him penetrating that A-gap, getting in there to make the tackle. And there you see him right here lining up in an H-back. And and both of you offensive gurus. I may be the high school football guru, but both of you guys are offensive masterminds. You guys need guys like him to be able to set that edge to kind of give you some leverage for the play you're going to run.
3: Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, Coach Hales is, you know, you've seen him you know, many of these guys. I love having guys like this. And this guy, no matter what kind of program you want, you want that do-it-all guy where you can line him up hand down, he can be a sniffer in the backfield, and also play a little linebacker for you. Those type of guys I feel like are kind of having the resurgence in high school football as well as in the higher ranks. And this is
5: about the fifth play we've seen, and this is also about the fifth position we've seen And yeah. and, and I, I was about to say to you, Coach Hales, uh, who who doesn't he maybe remind you of a guy that you can maybe plug and play in any position on the field? Maybe a smaller or a bigger version, I should say, of maybe a Nate Schuretz, somebody that you know you have confidence of putting him in any position, any time of the game. That's a huge compliment to him, by the way.
0: Oh heck yeah! I mean, you look at those guys, and next to them, you know, positions just as football player, you just put them in and go, let them play. And now I look
5: at him all the way out as a split in on
0: the far side of the field. Uh, hey, there's there's a little hit, hitch and
5: go. Is he going to be able to catch the deep ball? Oh, man, that boy, he's a big boy and he's got some speed, but he can also make that catch in open field. They uh, came up a little bit short on the scoreboard last night. Uh, but Athens drive, look at him right here. This is Russell Ainge. Uh, and I don't Russell Angie. I don't know if he's any kind to of Danny Ainge that played for the Celtics back in the day. Uh, but he is a great athlete. And I think he's a guy that all three of us would own on our team, given the, given the opportunity. All right. All right, guys, uh, Here, let's go to our second first base here. Uh, and This guy here is at Providence High School. This is John Ballas. And, Ooh. man, the, the first play of the and he's already out there making plays. Look at him lining up right there at the Mike linebacker, hitting the gap, going off the linebacker, and boom, that guy's making some plays. Uh, Coach Hales, what would you think of having to kind of scheme against this guy every night?
0: Well, I'm going to have to scheme up against him here in a few weeks. I think some of that stuff I better keep to myself. (laughs) That's a good looking football player, man. I think we better buckle it up that Friday night. You're you're absolutely right, and I kind of baited you into that
5: question. I'm sorry about that, Coach. Uh, But, Grice, you know you're an offensive guy, uh, and and anytime as an offensive coordinator that you're having to maybe circle that one guy as maybe your conflict guy or maybe that one guy you've got to stay away from, he looks to me like one of those guys that you're going to have to know as the quarterback making that pre-snap read where he's at on any given
3: play. Oh, he's a guy that's you know highlighted, underlined, circled in your scouting report for sure. I mean, you talk about you know Coach Ward and you know their mentality get on, you know get on the bus and all of the things they brought to resurge that Providence program. He embodies a lot of that, and luckily I've only seen him uh, in the padless seven on seven activity, so I haven't had to worry about some of the things he could do to stop the run game. But he's definitely a quality linebacker and a guy that. Again, you talk about why Providence has gotten yeah. better.
5: Yeah, white and I'll say and I'll say this real quickly. Uh, you know, we've got Carter Wyatt and Matt David and some of those really elite-looking linebackers that we've got on our list for football. This guy don't look too far off that list. I mean, he's a really quality guy. Uh, so he's a guy that I'm going to have to circle on my list from week to week to kind of look at.
3: All right, so a guy that I know all too well, um, you know, Matt Flanders, I coached at Hopewell. He's a tight end. Hey, Again, I think like our it has been those h backy tight end type guys, and he's a guy that's embodied that. Uh, started varsity since his freshman year. I mean, he's got 6'4, 230. We actually uh, have his sophomore uh, year clips here, but you can see a versatile guy who we were able to utilize in the slot. He was another guy that, you know, we could use in the sniffers, kind of like some of the, the other fresh faces we've had here. And there's just in general, a guy who's been experienced and been able to do a lot within our program. So, uh, you know, Chris Hughes, uh, definitely your thoughts on him. Now, if this is a sophomore film, he certainly looks like a grown man
5: already at such a young age. So uh, I'm, I'm, I have no mm-hmm. doubt that he is one of these good looking uh, guys. And again, I can already kind of see some versatility in being able to put him in some different spots as well. So that's always, in my opinion, you know, as a high school player that's wanting to go to that next level or even just get some playing time on your own field, the more versatility you can show
3: coaches that you can do a lot of different things, I, I think that that's really good and, and props to him. All right, so here's a guy that, you know, I guess both myself and Coach Hales know extremely well. Um, you know, a kid I've known for a long time, and Xavier Brower, the quarterback now for the uh, Butler Bulldogs. And Coach, you know, you've had him for a little while, but of course known him for a bit. I'll turn it over to you to talk about some of the great things that you love about him so far.
0: Uh, geez, you know, the first thing with Zay is, is his leadership. I, I mean, he's a kid who's going to jump up, you know, be the first kid ready to go to work, you um, You know, everything you want from a quarterback, a guy that's going to put himself out there and take responsibility for things. Um, You know, we had a conversation, you know, when he got with our program about, you know, if anything goes wrong out there, you're going to be the first one, you know, to take responsibility for it because you're going to get all the credit when things go well. So, and, you know, and and he was already like that. And, and, you know, can tell I mean, he comes from a great family. But, you know, and then just from from a physical perspective and, and all the things that he could do, um, you know, he's got a great strong arm, you know, runs the bar real well. You see some of these clips here, um, you know, he doesn't go down easy. So, you know, I think we gonna have a lot of fun with Zay. We're going to be able to do a lot of different things with him.
5: Wow, Coach, uh, one thing I want to ask, you've coached some of the best of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen in North Carolina high school football. Uh, I don't even have to name them because we all know who they are. Uh, where does this young man's potential kind of rank on that list? Because uh, he does have a lot of those physical attributes. But you and I both know to play quarterback, a lot, a lot of times it's more in the, the IQ and the mental processing and understanding the game of football before the snap is ever even made. How, how, how is he coming along with that aspect?
0: Fantastic. And again, you know, typically with our quarterbacks, their first year as a starter, they get about, you know, just a couple of chapters of the playbook. Um, you know, say you kind of open it up, a little bit, but, you know, with his experience already, um, you know, we've kind of been able to speed that process up. So, you know, it's really a great credit to him, you know, just being able to pick up the mental part of it and, you know, doing the studying and the offsite work that he's been able to do to learn our offense so you can get the most out of it.
5: All right, guys. Hey, hey, that's some great fresh faces, Grace. Uh I enjoyed that. Uh appreciate Coach Hale's just coming on right here to break that down with us too. Uh, but, guys, we got a brand-new segment. We kind of did it last week, but we're going to do it again. That's uh, called Would You, Dale? And I'm going to point right down there at Dale because, Dale, would you? Uh,
10: let, let's hear it.
12: <laughs>
10: would you? Spoon. Mayonnaise. Mm. Obviously, I would. Man, that stuff's good. Mm. Ingredients for traditional tomato sandwich. Of course, tomato. Nice, big, juicy. White bread, soft, preferably. Black pepper goes on the tomato salt no it does not have to be kosher salt this will do finally the piece de la resistance duke's mayonnaise nothing else will do okay let's get to work first thing you do is you got to put the mayonnaise onto the bread so we'll do that i'm gonna have to speed some things up here hey where'd he go Where'd my video go?
12: I think we lost it. Dale. Uh, nah. he, ate, he ate the sandwich so fast.
1: <laughs>
5: no,
10: it's a come on, it's a good video. Oh hey, I seem to, like I hear it playing, but
5: we're, we're going to have to post the rest of it on our Twitter page or something like that for yeah. uh, our preps. But wow. Uh, well, good video quality, first and foremost.
12: By the way, I hate mayonnaise, but I'm not going to take away from <laughs> your video. <laughs> I, would love, I don't know if I could eat straight mayonnaise like that. I'm like, oh. Sure,
10: you Lord. could. Uh, if you like it. I, I would more. make yeah,
3: a right.
12: mustard tomato sandwich, the mayonnaise. Oh, mayonnaise. mustard oh,
3: tomato? Spicy
5: mustard
10: Mustard tomato. I think
5: I eat
3: a. To a
5: ham sandwich with mustard
10: every day. So you got to have that tanginess and that's what mayonnaise gives you is that tanginess. And that's why it's got to be Dukes because you got to get that tang, uh, you know, in it. Nothing you gotta, else you didn't, will do.
12: You
10: didn't, <laughs> <laughs> do
1: what? Well, Obviously, you, you well I've
10: little, got some other good stuff that's going to come, I think. You know, we'll see. It's going to have the would you of things probably people would not do. See my wife when I make a, when I make a tomato sandwich, there's always mayonnaise left over on the knife, right? So I'll lick it. And my wife is like, and She likes mayonnaise, but it's like, "Ew!" So I thought, hey,
4: hey. Dale, you should have had, had the Dukes right there beside you. Maybe they would have given us some Clemson and Georgia tickets for you having the uh, the Dukes mayonnaise.
5: <laughs>
10: That's right. <laughs>
5: wow. Wow, uh, well, great job, Dale. Uh, again, I may not like Man eggs but I like the video quality, and I think it's an awesome segment. so that's pretty oh, yeah, cool. That's uh, well, hey, we're going to go to uh, a new segment that we're bringing on uh, every week now here with Talking Preps, and uh, we're going to be talking to my man Alex Zietlow. You always, you we all remember Alex. He came on last year and, and really broke up, broke down some upstate football. Well, he's going to be breaking down the upstate for us this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and roll that with our man Alex Zietlow from the Herald.
8: I have four games that I'm going to be kind of running down with you guys today. The first of which is Rock Hill at South Point. I mean, this is a classic. Uh uh oh, oh, I have four games that I'm going to be kind of running down with you guys today. The first of which is Rock Hill at South Point. I mean, this is a classic, you know, inner city rival game. Uh, second game is Indian Land at Northwestern that I'm going to talk to you about. Both teams, again, had um, pretty good weeks. I mean, Northwestern lost to South Point, as aforementioned, mentioned, but they, I, I mean, they played well. I mean, the there are some, you know, uh, kind of kinks and some kind of shortcomings on the defense and some answers or some questions that, you know, uh, head coach Paige Wofford over at Northwestern is going to have to answer. Uh, but uh, outside of, you know, a, a second half where South Point kind of, Beat them in the run in their own run game. Uh, Northwestern did play well. They had some really big play potential from guys like Khalid Cunningham, who caught over 100 yards uh, receiving and returned um, a kickoff return for touchdowns. Uh, and and Indiana played well as well. They beat their neighbor in Nation Ford, so um, that that'll be a good game. Moving on to Catawba and Nation Ford, this is a battle of two of the best. Young quarterbacks in the state of South Carolina. Um, firstly, at Nation Ford, you got this dude, Carson Black, got some offers uh, from schools like South Carolina, other kind of Power Five schools like that. And then Catawba Ridge um, all, has a quarterback that pretty much everyone in the country has heard of. His name is Jaden Davis. He was recently announced as the number one overall prospect in the class of 2024. And then finally, uh, we're kind of going to North Carolina for this last game, Legion Collegiate at Cannon School. Uh, y'all in North Carolina people probably have heard of Cannon. Um, but I'm going to talk about Legion Collegiate, which is a public charter school in Rock Hill. And um, they're the only public charter school in the North Carolina Independent Schools Athletic Association. They'll be playing at Cannon School. They got a couple playmakers as well, and they're led by legendary South Carolina coaches in Straight Heron, who's the head coach, and... Um, uh, Bobby Carroll, who's the defensive coordinator. And so that should be really good too.
2: Man,
3: this theme music's on point guys. It's been perfect, man. Shout out to the, the graphics and, and the music guys in the back. They've been killing it.
12: Shout out to, shout out to you, though. So you came on the show like sweating bullets. I'm like, my man ran three miles. Yeah, and
3: man, you I literally know. ran up here.
12: <laughs> I love it. Wow.
5: Well, hey, guys, we put together this list of the top games to watch in North Carolina this week, and I'm going to throw them out there. I'm going to read them down the list, and, and we're going to kind of get you guys uh, feedback uh, here we go, Uh Princeton at East Duplin, Panther Creek at Leesville Road, Hoggard at Scotland, that's going to be a big one, Thursday night game, West Forsyth at Oak Grove, Myers Park is now going to Clover, matter of fact, you know, that's supposed to be Mallet Creek, Watauga at Maiden, man, I give props to Maiden going up to play 4A Watauga, Wilson Fike at Northern Nash. these are two big-time teams in the East, Cleveland at Greenville groves Shelby at AC Reynolds, Grimsley at Reagan, uh, looking here on the other side, Uh Dudley at Southeast, Guilford, Mount Air 80, Surrey, Eastern, Randolph, uh, top team in the 1A, by the way, against Art Travel, Asheboro. Durham, Hillside, Southern Durham, that's going to be a big game, the Battle of the Bull City. Robbinsville at Brevard, 71st at Pine Forest, Hartford County at Tarboro. Wake Forest to Clayton, and Indy at Marvin Ridge. I don't think that one's going to take place now. Um, I'm not sure. And then Davey at Westrow, uh, and guys, and let me just uh, make sure we're looking at this. Uh, Trying to make sure I'm, I'm a little off my script right now, but guys, I'm gonna throw it to y'all. These are some big games.
12: Yeah, if they're if they're off, where's West Charlotte versus Harden? Old school game, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. The, yeah. the battle of the burgundy and gold. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna represent that real gold. Hey, so Grinder,
3: give us, give us, hold on, give us Grinder, give us your keys for that game. What are you looking to do to get off of the undefeated start? What are you looking to do?
12: Well, you got to take care of the ball. Um, you know, it's our first game. They've already got their feet wet playing last week, so we got to come out, you know, mistake free, get into a groove, and then let all our work pay off. You know that we put in in the summer. It's, you know, coming in in a COVID year before, I ha- I never got to meet with the guys and never got to lift weights with them. Now we had a whole off season where we can develop each other through the summer, and uh, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I think they can be really special. We got like a thousand trick plays, by the way, too. All right. All
3: right,
5: here, here, here I go, guys. These are our top ten games. This is where I was a little thrown off here. Uh, this is my top ten games of the week. Obviously, the Saturday night game, uh, Richmond County, Butler Memorial Stadium. Uh, we'll talk about it at length here. Crest at Burns, Providence at Weddington, Hickory Ridge at Charlotte Catholic, Rocky Mountain, Northeastern. Clinton at Wallace Rose Hill. That's now off, by the way, guys. Uh, and, and this COVID protocol, that's a very fluid thing. South Mecklenburg Providence, Salisbury at Polk County. That's a rescheduled game. That's two top 15, two top 20, teams Rollsville at Easter Scythe is incredible. Chambers at Highland Springs up in Virginia. That's a tough, tough team. Uh, that's going to be a big game. Uh, but, but guys, uh, let's focus on this Richmond County Butler game. Uh and Bryce, we'll start with you and work our way down. Let's get your thoughts on this huge matchup.
3: All right. I mean, again, as we've highlighted, I mean, Richmond County and Butler, I mean, I think two top teams, both with big wins, um, you know, in their games. Let's, you know, we can break down just one of my keys to victory, I think, for both teams. Uh, I think the first thing we look at is a QB battle. I mean, you talk about Xavier Brower clearly as our fresh face. Had a great game in his first game in a Butler Bulldog uniform. Uh, you know, the younger Kellen Hood, of course, the younger brother, um, you know, of the, of the great Hood. What was Hood's first name? Caleb. Oh, sorry, Caleb. That's it. Yeah. So uh, Elijah was the running back in Catholic. But, yeah, so, again, Kellen Hood, again, you know, second year starting there, you know, had a great performance against uh, Mount Tabor, and those guys did well. You know, wh- whose first game was the anomaly? Who's going to stay on track against, you know, two very good defenses? And, you know, that leads me into the second point, you know, with the Richmond County's defense. You know, we got word of cramping and, and a little bit of conditioning really, you know, affecting that second half of that Mount Tabor game. We saw Mount Tabor mount an impressive comeback, and ultimately that defense gave up on, you know, 41 points. You know, if the cramps and conditioning were a concern week one, it's not a lot of turnaround time in week two. So will they be able to take another, you know, a long trip and then still have that same conditioning in order to play a four-quarter football game in a team that we think is going to challenge for the 4A state title? Um, and then my last one, which is, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise to people, is can Butler reverse the trend? you know, Butler's really experienced success here in the last few years, but they haven't beaten Richmond since 2017. So, you know, it's, win will be big and it's on a big stage. we talk talk about Memorial Stadium and how these Saturday and, you know, some Friday night game of the weeks are just, you know, all, all of the rage in the city. I mean, you went back to, you know, went there this week on Thursday. You just really saw all the kids from all these different schools that are there, excited to see that going on. So, on a big stage, Butler really has to kind of continue to show their readiness for state championship football, and they can do so in a big way with the win against Richmond County on Saturday.
12: John, yeah. what's your thoughts? Did you say me? I'm sorry. Yeah,
5: I'm sorry. Yeah, let's get your thoughts on the big game. I
12: mean, I think that you know, what is Richmond County like? Richmond County did not have a great COVID session. Um, and I'm how much better have they gotten in the summer? They are a big weight room type program. You know, their head coach, he's amped up, but they're going against, you know, guru and Hales and that defense coordinator they got is phenomenal. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for Butler. I think that Butler has more talent than Richmond County. So I think that they can, you know, especially playing in Charlotte, it's a big advantage playing here. It composed, can you know, going to Richmond County where they got the, the LED lights and, you know, that gets them a little hype, that gives them seven points, right? They were just the LED lights.
5: Yeah, you're right. Gary, uh, I'm interested to get your take and, and Dale as well.
4: Uh, I think it'll be an interesting game. One of the things that, you know, I, I, I harken back to is how Richmond used to dominate CMS schools. And then Tommy Knox had a breakthrough. And since that point, you know, the other CMS schools, whether it be Mallet Creek, whether it be Huff, whether it be Butler, Independence, they all learned the formula for beating uh, Richmond County. And so I think Richmond County really is the one that comes in as the underdog because CMS schools, they know how to beat Richmond now.
10: Well, Gary, that's funny you would mention that because I I was thinking that uh, back in the 80s, 90s and early 2000, it was always about, um, a lot of it was about Richmond and what Richmond and Charlotte schools could do against each other if they played more often. And I'm glad to see that this particular rivalry, I'm going to call it because they've played so often now, when they picked up uh, playing every year there in the 2000s. I'm glad to see that happen Uh, because these are two top quality programs with two top quality uh, fan bases. You can expect to see some of the best football games I've seen have been these Butler-Richmond games, Be them down at Richmond, or the that game that was played on the Saturday at uh Providence when we had that big rain episode. Uh I expect this to be a big a big game, a good game, and a game that will tell us a lot about both programs. so uh, winner here could go far. Incredible insight. Great job, Dale. Hey Grinder, what time is it? You know what it is, coaster
12: to coach, man. Oh, yeah. this, though, is not- Welcome to another edition of
5: Man, this is my favorite segment of the show. Man, I'm getting pumped up. We need to do this at the beginning. This is so oh,
12: much level today, too, Greg. i went five for five on the questions early. Yeah,
3: I, I saw. Man, you're only going around.
5: Man, we're getting pumped up, ready to go. Uh, who's gonna win tonight?
12: I mean, Who, I, I think my record is like fifty-nine and two, or something like that. Well, since well, yeah, you're the yeah, champion, yeah.
5: I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the contender go. First, the challenger go first. So, Coach Grice, this is for you. Should Garringer be playing varsity this season, and what is the long-term implications?
3: Yeah, I mean, even if I would have went second here, it's no way in good conscience that I can or even, you know, I, I wouldn't think Griner could say that they should be playing varsity. You know, I think it's a situation where you have a program that's borderline, you know, you know, struggling or, you know, struggling to exist in a consistent basis. And, I, you know, I I thought Coach Galloway had a great idea and a great kind of start or direction for his program by starting on a junior varsity level, such as what Green Level did with starting their program, building that up to then, you know, get to two football teams. I do think the long-term implications are, you know, are as such where you have, you know, a team that becomes beaten down and doesn't really have that confidence. And for the kids that are able to compete on that level, Well, you always have the danger of some of these big schools poaching them away by talking about, hey, you're a great player and can play with us, and why are you going to go there and lose every game? So that's always the struggle with a team that can't compete on a certain level but yet are are being forced to. I personally think it's shameful, and I think that CMS really needs to reconsider that as it relates to if we really want to talk about public safety for the kids.
12: I think if they would approach CMS with their plan – then they would have honored it. I think that it was just like a surprise to see mess. And there's a lot of other teams that have games scheduled versus Garringer. And I think that's the bigger factor. Like, other teams are going to be scrambling to find the game when they already scheduled for Gearinger. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I think I understand their intentions are really good, but I think playing varsity this season is beneficial because you know you're going to find out who's really tough, who's not. They just got to be able to weather the storm. Their coaching staff that they have at Garringer. Does a phenomenal job. I actually watched a little bit of that game. And uh, I thought that they encouraged those kids extremely well. They're going to get better, faster by playing a tougher competition. And they're all young, which is great. So they get this competition now. They can build upon it next year as well. And Anything can happen from three years from now when a coach gets there and takes it over.
5: Wow. Great, great insight, Griner. Uh, We're going to stick with you uh, for this next question uh minimum amount of conference games needed for playoffs this year um what what do you think
12: i think it has to be a minimum of four i would have to say a minimum of four that can kind of put a little meat on the player a lot of times you only play five but if you at least get four in i'll consider that an amount of conference games needed for playoffs this year
3: yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, I looked at it from a percentage based standpoint. So, you know, at least a team is getting over 50% of their conference games in. And our conference, what that puts us down, we have to get the minimum of four. So give you that number. But again, for some of these smaller or split conferences, if you're getting in your related, you know, if you're two A three, if you're two A and getting your opponent. So Groner, for you, as long as you're playing, you know, the necessary three A team on your schedule, I think that's important. So I mean I think you know over half of your conference games, one, gives you a window into the you know into the team. If you're you know getting a chance to play almost everyone, surely enough with the way the schedules are equally balanced. You'll play a top team in your conference with half your schedule. You'll ensure that you get around to these teams, and even even if you don't, your playoff seed is going to put you around some top teams. that are going to show it. You're going to have to show in a hurry if you're really worthy that of that, uh, that that ranking.
5: Yeah, man, look at you two throwing out some great knowledge tonight. I have to agree with both of you. You know, um, granted, we, you kind of have to deal with what we're given with the protocol and everything. But I do think that, and I'd like to see some sort of minimum standard. I don't think it would be implemented, but but I agree with both of you guys with your stance. Coach Grice, we're gonna stick with you here on this final question. Uh, are NFL joint camp practices taking away from the preseason games?
1: I
3: think they are. I mean, I think it's a situation. I mean, you'll see guys that are more competitive in these joint practices. I mean, Grana Rebar, you know, I think we've laughed about some of these fighting videos where a guy's got his hands up nothing in a in a practice drill. And then we see in preseason the same dull preseason, you know, basic plays, guys, kind of brother-in-law not giving full effort that, you know, really take away from the game when people are paying for that. I'd rather pay the money to see the practice. Maybe it's the coach in me, but that's what I want to see. I want to see some of these intense drills, some of these joint, you know, practices where these guys are really getting after it. So in my mind, yeah, they take away from everything I want to see.
12: Well, the, the preseason games are strictly just for to make a little bit of money. None of the teams really get prepared by doing preseason. They just, they're trying to fill the last end of the roster. So these joint practices really are more important than the actual, you know, preseason games in my opinion. Like what if we didn't have joint practices, we wouldn't have the uh what's my man uh Hopkins uh with uh, with Hall, hall. You know I fear God. God, I
1: fear
12: God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no. have that clip. I fear God. You know, that's so that's what I'm
3: saying, Grant. Yeah. I want to be. I wanted to be in that I moment. See that? Bro, in I want to game. I wanted to be there. Hey, give me eighty dollars. I'll see that every to watch that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and by the way, uh, is it not an annual rite of passage anyway? You've got to have that one preseason fight where they're oh, yeah. just getting after it every time. I love it. You know, I, I do think it takes away from the games, and I'm kind of with grinder. I would rather see the preseason practices because, you know, the coaches are right there digging at them, and they're getting so much more from a coaching standpoint.
12: Go ahead. One, one thing out to to of that, like, you know, we had a scrimmage, you know, where you – you had your scrimmage at Grice, and we had, we literally got one series in offensively and a couple on defense, but earlier in the week, we joint practice with, um you know, East Mech, and we got a lot of work done. I mean, you get inside drill. You got all types of things where you can really work on your craft instead of just doing a real live game. You could do seven-on-seven seven with them, you know, full contact. You could do one-on-ones. So there's a lot of things where you can get through your practice, and it's really good because NFL teams are still limited to players, Okay, so they don't want to bang against each other. They want to bang against someone else. And the same thing in high schools. You know, we're rolling with 45, 50 guys. You know, and another team's doing the same thing. It's very beneficial to have another guy to go against their ones versus our ones. That's what I'm
3: saying, them. you don't see that in the preseason game. I don't. I don't care about Joe Bob Billy on the third string receiver, <laughs> fifty-yard pass. I mean, what do we exactly. get three? Victor Cruz, long so I, sorry, I, don't, I don't care. All right, I, don't the the I don't want to the argument. They're taking away from the games, like oh, because the ones want the practice. Like, give me a preseason fight. Give me a preseason game fight, and I'm all in. Are you all? Nothing happened. It gets boring. I'm falling asleep on these games. Take yes. away the joint like this. See it in the game. I want your ones going against my ones. Imagine if we just said, "I fear God" on the field in preseason game. Sign me up for the preseason package.
12: <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing you're making the point. When have you ever before they did joint practices? Because it's it's fairly new, like the last five to seven years I or so. Right. Wild
3: Griner. come on! I mean, come <laughs> on! I mean, like I at least you know. All
12: right. Team. Here's the thing: when has there ever been a preseason game that's been relevant? Never.
1: How bad is the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame game. It's terrible. It's,
12: don't fight it's
3: terrible.
5: It's terrible. Hey, guys, yeah. this is going so well. We're going to throw two more questions instead of doing three in this coach versus coach. Uh, so we're going to fire this thing up. Uh, hey, Langston, give me some more questions. How should high school teams deal with this COVID-19 cases? Uh, coach Greiner, you're up.
12: Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grace is going to have a hard time with this one. Um, no, I mean- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deal with COVID nineteen cases. I mean, you just do the same protocol that you would do in the school. So if you know you have to be quarantined if you've been around certain people, I think if everybody provides a you know a negative test, they can be able to practice. I think that's the way you should do it. You know, just provide this negative test, bring it to practice, and you should be able to go. Like if there's like four or five guys that have COVID, they they need to sit off to the side and quarantine until they can you know produce a negative test or whatnot. And but everybody else shouldn't suffer. You know, I think that um, there's ways around this whole deal, you know, because I know if I had COVID, which, you know, being vegetarian, you can't really get it. So um, so that's a positive thing. But, like, if I did, I would hope my coaching staff could move on without me and still run practice, and I think they could.
3: Yeah. And I mean, again, clearly, as it's known, I mean, we're dealing with a lot of this. I think the important thing to know is to not make hasty decisions. I think the biggest thing we've seen with these COVID cases, especially around high school kids, is that where there's one, there's going to be five or six. Um, you know, that's the situation is, again, if you, you find one that has it a day or two later, two to three days later, we've seen that you're going to then find that, hey, this kid's been around this kid. He's going to have symptoms. And I think one of the biggest things, especially with talking with Coach Hales, and I think you would agree, is us not playing that game immediately, you know, led to and really prevented such a major contact tracing situation. as You know, we've had, uh, you know, others that that have contracted the virus. So I'm thankful for the fact that we didn't rush into that game, regardless of what, you know, the chatter is, because we have a situation where our one turned into a lot more, similar to what was, what was stated at Independence, where their initial amount, did grow over you know the next couple of days. So I think the biggest thing is not to be hasty and go from there.
5: Hey, guys, let me bring uh, Gary on, because I'd, I'd like to get Gary's take on this as well. Hey, Gary, uh, you see the question there on the bottom, but I'll go ahead and read it again for you. How should high school football teams deal with this uh, COVID-19 cases? What's your take? Well, I think, as, as Sam said, they should immediately go into testing mode
4: and see if there's anyone else that has it. And then – Those players that are vaccinated, if they have a negative result, I think they should be allowed to go into practice. Those that are not vaccinated, I think think the incubation time, and and don't quote me on this, but around 72 hours. After 72 hours, the other guys should test who have not been vaccinated. I think when you just randomly or, or just when you put a blanket statement, we got one kid with COVID, and then you shut the whole program down. You take away the incentive for others to get the vaccine. You know, a lot of kids are getting the vaccine because they want to play. But if they know regardless of whether they get it or not, if one person gets the um, gets COVID, then everybody's going to be shut down. I, th- I think that's a little too, too. Um, too rough on on a whole program. I mean, you're affecting it, not only your team, but the other teams having to scramble to try to find another game. I think sometimes they're acting too hasty. Uh, I understand that back in the spring or last season or last fall when we didn't have a vaccine. But now that we have an approved vaccine, I think that everybody should be tested. I know people think well maybe that gets too expensive but I think the government pays for all these COVID tests so I think the whole team should be tested those that are negative should be allowed to return to practice if they have the vaccines the others three days Um, and then as far as the game is concerned say it's a somebody gets postponed on Thursday and you can't play the game on Friday until they get all the test results back, then the team should be ready to go by Monday, uh, Monday at the latest to make up that game if possible if they have enough players. but uh, I think this this thing of you get one player and it shuts down a whole Friday night for both teams. I think that's a little harsh. Yeah, no,
5: I agree. Um, and just to kind of follow up with Gary's point, you know I, I agree with the hastiness of it. Uh, but also incentivizing the vaccine. I think that that's a, a good thing right there because you do want to encourage these guys to get the vaccine. So, you know, I'm certainly for that because, uh, you, you know, you have a guy that gets the vaccine and, oh, well, you got to sit out anyway. You know, I understand the frustration with that. Uh, but we do have one final uh, question right here. And Coach Grice, we're going to start with you. Thoughts on the Panthers so far Are the playoffs in their future? Grice, you're up.
3: I mean, I, you know, I like liking this to the to the famous David Ruffin quote and and take that for the Panthers quarterback. Nobody's here to see Sam Darnold. Nobody came to see you, you know, and it's just one of those things where I just can't get excited for that. And I mean, even their, their playoff game, I mean, sorry, their preseason game, excuse me, against the Ravens, just no excitement was brought to that team offensively. And it's just one of those situations where you bring in a Joe Brady who led one of the most prolific offenses in college football. We're going to you know, need to start seeing some receipts here. I, I, don't, I don't see that explosiveness that was you know, characteristic of his you know, time at LSU, albeit short, but we're going to have to start seeing some results from this offense. We know the defense is going to be aggressive. We know the defense is, is going to produce results, but we're starting to see a lot of key uh, cogs, key pieces there. And we just, we're just not, I'm not there to see Sam Darnold, man. That's the only Sam I acknowledge right there on this show, Sam Griner. We don't
12: acknowledge that's, Sam Darnold right here. I mean, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold has a extremely strong first name. We're not going to lie about that. Hopefully, it can produce to the field. Um, <laughs> but like w- the thing, is, the problem is this: you know, you got to win games based upon championship defense, especially in the NFL. And I think that that's what the head coach is trying to do. I think that their first round draft pick. I know a lot of people are going to ridicule that. I think. In my opinion, he was a top three player in the entire draft. I think he was a phenomenal – like, when we all – like, three years from now, we're going to be like, the number one corner in the NFL is going to be him and, you know, your boy from uh, the Rams. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that he's that legit. Watch them up close. I think that you had to go that route. Um, there's too many unknowns. And we, we didn't give up much for Sam Donald. We gave up a second rounder. So, let's see what happens. And then we got the richest owner – and in, in sports for a reason if he don't like it he gonna make some changes and he don't mind paying it he gonna get what he wants so i think it's okay what's going on just let it you know let it play out it takes three years for a coach to really implement his culture yeah
5: hey griner i'm gonna throw you a little bit of a curveball i know during our top 10 matchups we talked a little a bit about the the on the field game between you uh, your West Charlotte Lions taking on your old team, Harding. Uh, but I want to just ask you personally. You know the feelings inside. You know, anytime you go against a school that you are so invested in, and that that community, and you got a lot of friendships and relationships there. How how's it going to feel Friday when you uh, take the field against them?
12: Yeah, I haven't been there since the uh, regional final game um, when we played Vance, and you know now Chambers. Um, you know, it's going to be very emotional. You know, I'm going to give the old win-win for the Gipper speech to the West Charlotte guys to let them know that, like, this is very important to me. I want to beat Harding. Um, I am a West Charlotte Lion now, king of the jungle, love it where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I gave everything I could to Harding. You know, I I left everything on the table, gave him everything I possibly had. I was completely drained. I aged 10 years from all the work I tried to put in. For the program, setting up pregame meals to uniforms, so whatever, calling offense, defense, the whole deal. So I invested a whole lot, but I love where I'm at. And I think it's just a great rivalry game. And uh, just to let everybody know, a little little um, knowledge: what we're going to do is uh, West Charlotte is going to buy a West Side Championship belt. We're going to buy a belt, and the Battle of the West Side. If you can you can beat it. You can have it at the end of the year. Put it that way.
10: Oh boy. Okay.
1: I like
10: that. I, I like West Side is three Money. schools, by the way.
4: Yeah. I like that. they yeah, play West Mac, too, right?
12: Barry,
3: you got West Barry too. You got West Mac. Barry,
4: no, Barry
10: West is Hardy. not. No. What
3: oh, do you, do you mean
1: you're
12: right? Your traditional you.
10: three Westside right okay, Hardy, West Side schools are starting West Side, West Mac. Oh my God. Uh, okay. I'm, done. I'm done
1: with Dale when he's yeah, right there. I'm done with the Barry right people. All right, I sorry Barry. Really, really, really trying to be 90 minutes tonight. And we're like an hour and forty-five. I thought I had it. I even cut a segment and I still Chris. Thank you for hosting. You did such a great job. We just need to let Chris host every week. I can sit in the back and eat bonbons.
12: (laughs) Yeah, look at your karate uh dojo uh I I don't (laughs) have my
1: screen screen up. The clock. (laughs) All right, it's time for Sam's final thoughts.
12: All right, my final thoughts are are very simple. Going to Memorial Stadium, it was – I was blown away. I didn't know it was going to look that good. Whoever designed it, whoever did everything, it was fabulous. Like, I absolutely love it. I would love to see state championship games played there, at least big-time playoff games, games of the week. Even two playoff games can go there, I think, if you're playing in the Charlotte area or even – Outside of the Charlotte area, I think that we can even see South Carolina schools come into that play. Even though that they have great stadiums, it is, it is a phenomenal place. You can really see downtown Charlotte. You can see the replay scoreboard, like Gary said earlier. It, it was just magical. Imagine having ten thousand people in the stadium because I don't, I don't, you don't see outside of ten thousand anyways at the even state championship games. You go to these big colleges that host, you know sixty to ninety thousand fans, it, it, it gets diluted. You feel like there is no fans there. Imagine packing a state championship game in Memorial Stadium having ten thousand roaring one side, the other side roaring. It would be spectacular.
1: Well, oh you, you threw me off. I, I was I was waiting on you like to like slow down and give me like a voice cue that you're almost done. You just my He's bad. Brakes,
12: Brakes applied.
10: No. You
1: want to
12: give Harden no. any more bulletin board material before we leave? No, it wasn't, uh, I didn't say nothing bad about Harden. I, I love Harden. You know what I'm saying? He said he wants the ball and they're going to score. Let's go. I, I just
1: asked a <laughs> I, I question. I'm sure Coach Smith is looking at you right yeah. now. Thanks to- no, no I didn't, they don't watch score, me. Prediction.
3: One score prediction? Say it.
1: They, they
12: don't could care less about
3: what
1: I uh, think. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be 21 17. Well, they don't kick field goals in high school. 21 14, 20 14, something like that. I think it'll be a close game. It'll be a good game. Uh, big, big, big game for West Charlotte. He got off to a good start, Harding off a big win over Garage last week. Uh, guys, great show this week. Um, I apologize, there. We had technical difficulties. Your whole video will be up on our Instagram, Twitter, all those pages, Facebook. It'll be everywhere. So you guys see daily tomato sandwiches. Uh, got a lot of response on him and uh, doing his thing. But I'm Langston. That's Chris. That's the guru, the number one voice for high school football. We're so lucky to have him. Jonathan Grice, Dale Ross, Gary Richmond, <laughs> and the man saying I'm grinding the star of the show. I'm Langston. This is Talking Fresh. And, and hey. <laughs> we this year. ding this year. All